0: Hi everybody, welcome back. I'm going to tell you a story about a man and a woman who meet, fall in love, and try to live happily ever after, but jealousy gets in the way, as it so often does, and their lives are derailed not once, but multiple times because of this jealousy. This is the sad love story of Albert and Kitty Wing. Albert E. Wing was the son of one of the most prominent merchants in Owensboro, Kentucky. His father was a man named Samuel Wing, and he took very good care of the family. They were always very comfortable, even during the Civil War when things got tough. And Albert had several siblings. Uh, They were all described as highly intelligent and highly educated. He had several brothers, I believe he had three brothers. So there was his older brother, Ramsey, who became the U.S. Minister to Ecuador during the Grant administration. Then there was another, Charles, who ended up doing 10 years for murder. And then there was Samuel Jr. who killed himself in Salt Lake City in 1908. So we have one brother doing pretty well. We have a murderer, we have a suicide, And we have Albert. Now, our story about Albert really climaxes in 1892, so I want to take you back to that time. So get in your time travel apparatus if you would. 1892. The US has just started accepting immigrants at Ellis Island. General Electric is established. The escalator has just been invented. It's the year of the Lizzie Borden murders. Edison has just patented the two-way telegraph. Grover Cleveland becomes president. And Vogue magazine is launched. So it's all happening. And Albert Wing is in his 35th year. He was tall and lanky with sandy hair and a mustache. Everyone in this episode is good looking. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, But he was a quiet and typically reserved man, that is, until he started drinking. It's a tale as old as time, a recurring theme here on Kentucky History and Haunts. He would drink, and he would get mean. And it only got worse as he got older. Enter Miriam Eves, also known as Kitty. Before we get into what happened in 1892, I want to tell you about her. Kitty was born into a wealthy family. She was the daughter of Judge Charles Eves from Muhlenberg County. Uh, there's a portrait of Judge Eaves floating around the internet, and he's easy on the eyes, too. I, I mean it. Everyone in this story is a looker. <laughs> okay, so Kitty is from this wealthy family. She's the daughter of a respected judge. But... Uh, Someone described her as having a, quote, habit of letting her biological urges dictate her behavior, and she had a reputation for precocious wildness. And that quote is from a book by Kevin McQueen that I will post a link to in the show notes. Um, Which, you know, I have to admit, I'm a little annoyed at this, because if this were a guy acting that way, people would just say, Well, it's just boys being boys. Because boys are in a constant state of being biologically urged. But since she was a woman, you know, this caught people's attention. It was trouble. Anyway, she was married off at 15 to a a guy named Edward Reno, who we can pretty much bet was over 18 years old. I don't know how old he was. Uh, But they had two kids together. They had two kids. And then Kitty was like, you know, maybe there is more to life than being this guy's child bride and just having a bunch of babies. So she left Edward Reno and she decided to become a prostitute. So Kitty took up the oldest profession known to man. She first went to work in a brothel in St. Louis, then Memphis, then Evansville, Indiana. And if we're going to judge Kitty for anything, let it be her choice of towns to live in. By the way, Kitty was beautiful. Like, very pretty. Everyone said so. Blue eyes, jet black hair, quiet and quote ladylike well-educated, a good conversationalist, and talented pianist. She was a catch, okay? And she met Albert Wing while she was in St. Louis in 1882. They bonded over the fact that they were both from Kentucky, they took an immediate liking to one another, and she moved in with him, although she was still technically married. But Albert Wing was a jealous guy. He was possessive. And so, having a girlfriend that is a prostitute could cause some problems. So Kitty had regular customers, right? Who would come in frequently and ask for the same girl. And one of her regulars was a man named Joseph Glenn. Poor Joseph Glenn. He was a shoe salesman, originally from Owensboro. And... He picked the wrong girl because Kitty's jealous beau, Albert Wing, came in and shot him to death in 1885. For this cold-blooded murder, Wing received a 10-year sentence in a Missouri prison. Kitty was placed in a St. Louis convent in the meantime by her father. She spent a year there, and then moved back home to Kentucky briefly, before heading back to the brothel in St. Louis, this time going by the name Essie Davis. And this part in her life is kind of complicated, because after being at the brothel again for a while, she actually left to go back to a different convent, this time in Wisconsin, where she became an accomplished music teacher. And one sort of just wishes the story could end there, you know? But it doesn't. Albert Wing was pardoned by the governor of Missouri after only four years served, not even half his sentence for murdering this guy. So Wing moved back to Kentucky, got a job working for a tobacco company, and was just minding his own business until one day he ran into Kitty who was there visiting her father. And the two picked back up right where they left off. I guess at some point Kitty had been granted a divorce from her first husband, who I'm guessing was raising their two children? Kitty married Albert Wing on May 1st, 1891, firmly against her father's wishes. Things were peachy for about five minutes, Shortly after their marriage, Kitty left Albert and headed for Louisville in December of 1891. A few weeks later, he went after her. Kitty had quickly set up a life for herself in Louisville. She was working at Myrtle Edwards Brothel at 730 West Green Street, which, if you're from Louisville, Green was what Liberty is now, I believe. And I think I've mentioned that before because it was a happening area back then. So Kitty is working at this brothel. She's run away from Albert. He is coming for her, and he finds her. Now, Albert knew that Kitty was a prostitute before, so this wouldn't be some like crazy out-of-character surprise. But of course, he still didn't like it. It really bothered him, and he let everyone know it. Plus, he was upset that she'd run from him. Nobody at her work liked Albert. Kitty had even told one of her co-workers that she was certain her husband would kill her someday. Fast forward to September 12, 1892. The couple was spotted riding in a coupe on Cane Run Road, and they both appeared to be drunk. They were arguing, and Albert was threatening to stab Kitty. The driver ran off to try to find some help, find a police officer. And when they got back, they found that Albert had been too drunk to carry out his threat. He couldn't manage to kill her, but she had obviously been beaten up. They were both arrested for disorderly conduct. They were thrown in jail until they sobered up, at which point they were free to go. Two months later, on November 1st, 1892, Albert Wing went to check in with his wife at her brothel. Together they went into a room upstairs, the way she would with any other client. The parlor piano was playing, the guests were dancing and carrying on, and no one was paying any attention to the sounds of a struggle coming from above. These sounds were fairly common in a brothel. There were skirmishes. No one thought anything about it. Until it continued and continued, and they started hearing really terrible sounds of someone in pain. And so some of the employees finally ran upstairs to investigate, and they had to break down the door to find Kitty Wing lying in a pool of blood. Listener discretion advised here. This is uh, the report from the Courier-Journal of how her body was found. Quote, Her head was raised a few inches from the floor by means of her dark brown hair. One hand was clasped over her heart, between the fingers of which slowly flowed her lifeblood in tiny red streams. The bosom of her dress was covered with the crimson tide. Her head rested in a pool of blood, which crept slowly toward the door, where stood with blanched faces the dying woman's sisters in sin. That is some colorful stuff, Courier Journal. And I mean, to be fair, it was a stabbing, and stabbings are typically pretty messy. So all these poor girls walk in on this scene, there's blood everywhere, it's on the walls, it's on the bed, and... The girls actually get together and lift Kitty off the floor and onto the bed, which that's like rule number one now, you, obviously you don't, you don't touch a crime scene, but you know, at the time, it, it was a different time. They sent for a doctor, but Kitty had been stabbed right below the heart, as well as in the lungs, the neck, and the back, and she was gone before a doctor even arrived on the scene you know who else was gone? Albert Wing. There was no sign of him. He'd slipped out a window. They looked at all of Kitty's stuff, all her belongings, and they found that she had with her letters from priests and nuns asking her to basically clean up her act and live a more virtuous life. She had those letters with her at work, at the brothel. She also had a scrapbook, which had newspaper clippings about the murder of Joseph Glenn, and she had photos of the prison where Albert had been sent for the murder. I just think that's interesting that she had all that with her. But yeah, there's an illustration from the November 3rd, 1890... Yeah, 1892 Courier Journal that's of Kitty. And she's lying there in the, quote, dead room at the coroner's office, surrounded by all sorts of people. And she's described as, quote, beautiful, even in death. I just thought that was sweet. And then she was sent back to Muhlenberg County for burial. So, The police weren't too concerned about the task of finding Albert Wing because they were aware that he had no money. And you really, you need money to get somewhere fast, right? But then days started going by, and no Albert. pressure was mounting and everybody was a little on edge and it was sort of like the Alma Kellner case, if you remember where people started thinking they saw Albert everywhere when really it was just their mind playing tricks on them, right? You see what you want to see. But that meant that the police had all these shaky leads from people falsely reporting they'd seen him. Somehow, Wing had managed to get out of Louisville and he made it All the way to New Orleans, where he was finally arrested on November 10th while playing pool in a saloon. As was common at this time with, you know, exciting front page criminals, there was a flood of people trying to catch a glimpse of the killer as he arrived at the Louisville jail. Albert was arraigned on November 16th. He pled not guilty. He tried to sell his overcoat to pay for a lawyer. That didn't pan out, but what did happen was he had a cousin that worked as a professor at what's now the University of Kentucky, who stepped in and was able to help him pay for a lawyer. So he did get legal representation, but at that point, it didn't much matter. Wing was miserable. He admitted to the crime, changed his plea ignored everything his attorneys told him to say and do, and he asked the court to go ahead and hang him. What he wouldn't talk about, though, was why he murdered his wife. He would not give a motive, an explanation. They gave Judge Eves, Kitty's father, a chance to speak to the court before the jury deliberated, and this is kind of amazing here's what Judge Eve said. Quote, Your Honor, I am here to ask you a favor. This man killed my daughter. He was her husband, and she my daughter, and while I deplore the tragedy, I want to ask you and the jury to be merciful. This man has committed a most brutal murder, but I am an old man. My hair is white, and I will soon be ready for the grave. I want to ask, that no more blood be shed. I want you to send this man, Bert Wing, to the penitentiary for life. I think this will be sufficient punishment, and I'm a judge. And this must have really moved everyone, because instead of the death penalty, Wing was sentenced to life in prison in Frankfurt. And his sentence began on May 7, 1893. And for 15 years... Albert Wing sat in that jail. Some folks on the outside signed petitions requesting that they free Albert. Three different wardens recommended the same. The parole board was wary, however, of letting Albert back into society. Would he be a danger to the public? He was a model prisoner. And what do model prisoners get? Special privileges. He was allowed to wear a gray, unstriped uniform, and he was allowed to venture into the outer office. You all know where I'm going with this? On January 6th, 1908, 15 years after he began serving his sentence, Albert Wing escaped. With a man named John Clark. Not long after it was realized they had escaped, A citizen of Frankfurt was beaten and robbed of his clothing. John Clark was caught quickly. Well, relatively quickly. He was found five days after their escape, and he was found playing pool in a Lexington saloon. Not very bright, my guy. Albert Wing, on the other hand, was staying well under the radar. Albert Wing managed to evade police for six years until a man in Cincinnati going by John Thornton revealed that he was, in fact, Albert Wing. That was on April 29, 1914. When he was caught, he told police that he had been supporting himself by committing robberies all over the state of Ohio. Albert also revealed that that the guards at the prison would give those prisoners with special privileges keys to the front gate. Like, just let them carry the keys around. And that they would let them slip out for a while, at night, as long as they promised not to stay out too long or commit any crimes. So, he made the prison look really bad. He was taken back to the Frankfurt prison on April 30th to serve the remainder of his life sentence. And then, after murdering one person in Missouri, killing his wife in Louisville, escaping from prison, and admitting that he was committing robberies all over the state of Ohio, he was pardoned. Albert Wing was pardoned on February 11, 1916. And according to the book by Kevin McQueen that I'll link to, he was, quote, given a home by former warden George Chin, which I'm not exactly clear what this means. Like, he became the ex-warden's tenant? It's very strange. But, um, after that, there are no records of Albert Wing committing any more crimes. If the ending of that story left you feeling frustrated, if you feel like justice wasn't served on Kitty's behalf, here's how you can channel that frustration. Head to the Center for Women and Families website, which is www.thecenteronline.org, and go to the top right-hand corner and click donate. Thank you for listening, and until next time.